You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bibles tonight, Acts chapter 13. Acts 13. And as you turn to Acts 13, I'm going to need to get my clips here so my my Bible doesn't fly away here. Let me get it all taken care of. In the next few weeks, I'll talk to you about moving back in the auditorium and when that's going to all happen. And we're working with it. We're working with attorneys on it. And uh, I just want to remind people that it's different here than anywhere else in our state. It's just the way it is. And we can complain and gripe, but it's going to open up. And it's going to open up real soon. The big announcement for our state is from the governor on June 15th. And I want you to pray that we'll see some marvelous things take place. And uh, the church is growing in the midst of all this. It's a great crowd tonight. Teenagers, we're taking many bus loads tomorrow. And as you go to camp, I'm praying for you. In fact, part of the reason of preaching this, though it's to the church, it's because of your generation. We, we have about lost it in our churches in America. I want to address that tonight. And it's not a message just to youth, it's to the church. The condition we find ourselves in our New Testament local church. I won't get on to contemporary music. Uh, I just, uh, that's not where I'm going tonight. I want us to see what we're supposed to be doing here. This church. What other churches, they want to have rock and roll. They want to have contemporary look. They want to have a different philosophy. I'm not embracing it. I'm not for it. I know it's going to destroy. I know, I know it will not produce. These young kids think it's something new that they've discovered. We've always had to fight compromise. It looks the same. It's just packaged differently. used to be called new evangelicalism, then contemporary and then one other word after another, and now just y'all do whatever you want to do. Churches are no longer known by Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian. It used to say something, and now we're the tree, we're the sky, we're the branch, we're the water. I don't know what that means, but that's up to them. They want that. I'm glad we have north. That's the direction we're headed. We're going to... Mount, uh, 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 Psalm 48 is Mount Zion on the side of the north, the city of our great king. We're going north from this valley, this great valley where God has placed us. We're Baptist. I'm not ashamed of that word. And we're a church. I called out assembly. Jesus gave his life. We're not going to, in the 70s and 80s, it was popular. Don't use the word church. Use the word center. We're a center. Well, guess what? You can't find a church that says center now. That came and went. Uh, we're, we're fellowship. North Valley Fellowship. North Valley, well, we're North Valley Baptist. That's what we are. That came and it went. And all these other isms are going to come and they're going to go. And there we were. We're studying with Brother Reamers and Sunday night teachers. Me, It's so incredible. The 10 largest churches in America. 
in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. Tonight, we, uh, we've studied the First Baptist Church of Van Nuys, California. I remember it so well because my dad would buy the record of the month and would have the Amen Choir, 200 voice choir. They had 33 choirs in that church. They grew from 59 to 69 to 4,000 people baptizing 3,000 of them. But the church is gone today, it's not there. And most of these churches, I think of J. Frank Norris's largest church in America, pastor two at the same time for 13 years, one in Detroit and one in Fort Worth, the two largest churches. I was preaching in Fort Worth and I looked where that church was and there's two glass skyscrapers and the buildings are gone. The seminary is gone. The college is gone. The church is gone. They'd have on Sunday nights often the Philharmonic, uh, uh, Fort Worth Philharmonic Orchestra playing there. It was just an amazing thing. He guided us through World War II. He, he guided the president. He was the right-hand person, but the church is not in existence. And these great churches, what happened? Well, they didn't keep up with the time. That had nothing to do with it. In most cases, every church changed. And change, God says, meddle not with them that are given to change. That means, that word change, our class saw this morning, is tornadoes, storms, people that think they can, but every time you have a tornado, it's, you leave left in destruction. Tonight, our Bibles, chapter 13, we're going to use our Bibles tonight going to chapter 12 and several chapters around here. Father, I thank you so much for the great North Valley Baptist Church. And I thank you for these almost now 46 years. I thank you for what you've accomplished and what you're accomplishing. And we pray that the greatest days for this church would be yet ahead. I pray that tonight you would help me to help our people to see something so very important why this church began 46 years ago. And we knew what our purpose was and our philosophy and our direction. We thank you that it hasn't changed. We're thankful that we've been running buses for 46 years. We thank you that we've been preaching as Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and a hymn book and songs and spiritual songs and singing and making melody. We're thankful for separation. We're thankful for all these things you've done. We're thankful that this has been a sending station establishing churches around the globe. And I pray that tonight you'd meet with us in a very special way for I ask this prayer in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Tonight, I'm calling on you, please, to recognize the importance of the New Testament local church. You can't get any better than the New Testament local church. Can't, amen, can't get any higher. God's institution in these last days is the church. Not weight loss programs. Not calisthenics. Not Christian rock, but the New Testament local church. The called out assembly. The institution that the Bible says, Ephesians 5, Jesus gave his life for the church, not for the club, not for the center, not for the fellowship, not for the uh, speakeasy, not for the, uh, the thing that looks like a, a tavern, not for that which looks like it might be a nightclub. Jesus gave his life for the church. And tonight I come to you really with a heavy heart because I watch what's happening to the church. I've watched what's happened through COVID 
and the change that's going on in our country with regard to the church. And so, yes, I'm preaching to the great North Valley Baptist Church tonight, but more than usual, I'm aware that there's an internet family by the thousands that are watching. And I plead with you as you watch this that you would give your attention to the institution that is God's institution, the church. Love it, support it, pray for it. We're discovering through COVID that many folks are enjoying not having church. Most cities are still not back. If you go by in any city, and I've been all over the place, you go by any city at the Methodist Church, online services. You go to this city, that Presbyterian, online services. Sunday morning, one and done. That's it. You can watch online. Friend, that's, that's not going to help us reach our cities for Christ. We have to assemble together. We have to get together. I know it's been difficult. And I know every church has to decide. But it's been 15 months. And most states where I've been, it's open and they can be meeting. But it's kind of a, kind of a, a, a really great thing. Pastor doesn't have to go visiting. He doesn't have to go to the hospital. He doesn't have to go to the jails. He doesn't have to go midnight calls, see people. He doesn't have to have weddings, doesn't have to have funerals, can blame it all on COVID. And it's happening everywhere. We don't have to have church. We certainly don't have to have Sunday night and Wednesday night. And most places don't have a Sunday morning. You're not going by churches that are packed on Sunday morning. And America, if there's ever a time during a pandemic we need it to church, it's this day. America had always turned to the church in seasons of distress. In the Great Depression, in World War II, in World War I, the great, the great uh, 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 tornadoes that have come by and the hurricanes that have come by and the sicknesses and the Spanish flu, the churches have always 100% always stayed open. There's never been a Sunday till COVID they shut down. We need the church. We stopped going to church. This is tough to understand. We stopped serving God. In our nation, our nation, very little knocking on doors. And yet God commands us to go house to house. Very little giving the gospel to every creature. Our mission in this church, we cannot, we cannot waver right now. I like what you said, Pastor, about Saturday morning. And we've got other times. And ladies, you're going out. Thank God for what you're doing. We're going to get real quick to 50,000 Bibles already this year. Last year, it took all year to get 50. And we're already moving into June and 50,000 Bibles, just short of it by a couple thousand. I want, to know, I want you to know that it's, it's an incredible, important day. We have three groups out tonight. One group in Utah, one group in Kansas, one group in California, singing and preaching. One of our group leaders said this to me. Pastor, we've been gone. It'd be three weeks on Thursday. We've been preaching and singing almost every night. But here's what's happened. He said in every church almost without fail, age 15 to 30 is not there. There's literally zero. I found a lot of couples that were coming to this church and our class was good today. Before COVID, the young couples class, we were running about 115, 120. We had 94 today. Thank God for that. It needs to be back up. We're working on it. But I want you to know that all of America, these young couples are absent. 
Thank God for you that are here in your 20s and 30s, but they're not coming. I know because I'm talking to the preachers. They're not there. They're absent. They're missing in action. They're AWOL. We will not see the church preserved with the absence of any group. I was preaching to the church in Sacramento on Thursday night. One of our graduates, Brother Stephen Becker, that church was on fire. They had teenagers everywhere. They got young people coming to our colleges fall in record numbers. They had older people there. They had young couples there. There was singing. There was shouting. There was thrill. There was excitement. Something's happening in that church. It's exciting. But I'm telling you, friend, these contemporary churches that used to be independent, fundamental, separate Baptist churches are producing zero for Bible college. Zero. Our church will be extinct if we're not careful in America. And if there's ever a moment the nation needs the church, it's today. As we speak to you tonight, we need to get back to serving. We're quickly losing the generation that's not sold out. It seems like the general answer is, and I'm, I, I, I know we have so many bus drivers going to camp this week, and I'm not indicating just this one that we need. We'll figure that out. But could you drive a Sunday school bus on Saturday? Could you drive it on Sunday in churches across America? Pastor, I can't get anybody to do anything. Vanessa just saying, let us weep again. Now that we're rich and spoiled and we seem like we have no need for God, we say, no, I don't want to drive a bus. No, I don't want to teach a class. I went to that teacher's meeting tonight and Brother Ramers, he has been studying and preparing and showing us visually these churches. I, I tell you what, if I wasn't a Sunday school teacher, I'd go, it just fired me up. Next Sunday is promotion Sunday. He told us what we need to do for next Sunday and then on the 13th, what he wants done and the 20th as we re-enroll uh, the database of the Sunday school, what he's looking for. I tell you what, it was just a tremendous meeting. What a privilege if God's called you to be a teacher. Let's be a good one. If God's told you to be a bus driver, a bus, there's an open door that's taken. God's going to allow you to be back in the choir. The Wednesday night children's program that begins this Wednesday night for the summer chums. Why don't you get part of that? Why don't you learn to teach children and be part of their lives and help the next generation? Tonight I speak to you on this subject. What's the church all about? What's it all about? I'm glad you ask. The Bible says in chapter 13 of the book of Acts, now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Maon, and they that had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, and they ministered the Lord and they fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work where I've called them. Watch it, verse three. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they, three words, they, in verse three, what are the last three words? Sent them away. The church at Antioch is a great illustration. The church, number one, is a sending station. We should be bringing people in. We should be sending people out. That's the mission of the church. I think you'll thrill when you see the 46th 
book, uh, 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 bulletin on anniversary Sunday when you'll see all the men and women and people that we've sent out to the gospel ministry. This church ought to be sending them all the time. You say, but you're sending your good people. You're sending people that are busy here. Absolutely. And I think there's a principle of sowing and reaping. God always brings people, but when we begin to say, no, you're not gonna have my kids. God, I'll pay to send someone else, but you're not gonna have my children. We sing, give of thy sons to bear the message glorious. Give them thy wealth to speed them on their way. But God, you're not gonna have my kids. I have big plans for my kids. I want my kids to be successful in life and maybe one day they can take care of me. I'll tell you what, our church needs to be a sending station. See, I'd rather have a career. And I know, I know we have to have career people. I just mentioned a sweet little girl that got engaged and she's in that church and she's busy, but she's gonna be a nurse. That's a great profession. And everybody can't be preachers and everybody cannot be missionaries. But the first thing ought to be, Lord, is that what you want for me? Here am I. Lord, send me. And if God doesn't send you to do something, then God is asking you to stay in a local church where you can assist those that will go and will be going. You can assist a church like this. Say, I want a good retirement account. Can't get much better than laying up for yourself treasure in heaven. I'm saying today it's a sending station. I'd rather have a good pay paycheck. Room for pleasure, room for business but for Christ the crucified, not a place that he can enter in the heart for which he died. Oh, room for pleasure, but is it room for Jesus? Tonight I wonder, when we get to the end of the journey, can we sing that old song, Brother Doug? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus who died upon the cruel tree? To think of his great sacrifice at Calvary. I know the Lord expects the best from me. How many are the lost that I have lifted? How many are the chained I helped to free? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me? For to me to live is Christ. God calls some to secular appointment. But what about first saying, Lord, here am I. Send me. Brother Poussin told me this week in an email, I'm so excited about October, our missions conference. He has so many missionaries coming, two great keynote speakers. But his theme for this year is, who will go for us? Who will go? And I pray that that, that will permeate through our church as we see advertisement about it in our bulletins. Who's gonna go? Hear my Lord, send me. I find it's a sending station. We ought to be sending people out to the gospel ministry. I find secondly in Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 16 through 46, it's a scripture station. Paul stood up and beckoned with his hand, men of Israel, and that fear of the Lord give audience. And it began, weeks ago we were in this passage for some message. It began to go through how that they went to Egypt and they went to the wilderness and then the judges were there and then the kings in verse number 30, uh, 21 were there. And then David was there. And then our Savior, the Lord Jesus, in verse 23. And Pilate, verse 28. 
And they took him down from the tree in verse 29 and 30 and he was raised up. And I tell you, we found that, that through, he, he began to give the scriptures. Sunday school teachers, more than ever, oh, let's enjoy Sunday school, but let's teach I love the old Bible. Thank God for the word of God. Sunday school teachers, read it, study it, feed upon it. I, I'm, I'm always amazed what God says about the Bible. He says in Revelation 1-3 that if I just read it, he will bless me. If I just read it, he'll bless me. I had a habit all my life until I read chapter one, verse number three and comprehended it about 10 years ago. Whenever I hear on the radio Bible scripture reading, I turn it off. I didn't like it. I'd rather hear singing. I don't want someone reading me the Bible. I can read it myself. But I read that God says he'll bless me if I hear it read. I never turn it off. On KMBBC, we have the Bible read every day. God says he'll bless me if I just hear it read. God says he'll bless me if I read it. God says in that same text, he'll bless me if I just keep the words of this prophecy. If I just try to obey the Bible. Oh, buddy Blanco, he'd come here, he'd pull that Bible out. I love the old Bible, the precious old Bible. The light on my pathway to God, it keeps me so happy. Always so happy. God's wonderful book, divine. I thank God for this great church. I thank God for the great preachers we have in this church. And they preach the Bible and you love hearing the preaching of the Bible. It's a sending station. It's a scripture station. The New Testament local church, number three, I want you to see this in Acts chapter 13 and verse number 46. It is a standing station. The Bible says in Paul and Barnabas, what's the next two words? Waxed bold. Waxed bold. It's about time we say again, there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's one God and one mediator. There's not two gods. Well, let's all get along. No, there's one God and one mediator, amen, between God and man, it's a man, Christ Jesus. We serve a living, risen Savior. I thank God for salvation. I thank God for separation, stand for separation. I'm so weary. I'm telling you, friend, I know what's gonna happen. I know what's gonna happen. You're not gonna have a church. You don't stand for something. You won't have a church. Old brother Bobby Robertson, he stood for something. Harold Sattler stood for something. Lee Robertson stood for something. Tom Malone stood for something. Oliver B. Green stood for something. Lester Roloff stood for something. Well, what do you think the Bible says? Well, what do you want? What do you, no, no, that's not what it was about. It was thus saith the Lord. One day I get old, I'm a long way away from it. I get old and you get another fellow in here, I want you to know, don't, don't get some guys that say, well, I just wanna warm up to you for the first couple of years and wanna see where you wanna go. You don't want a guy in here that wants to see where you wanna go. You want a man who's a leader sent from God that says, here is where we're going. Jump on board, amen. Moses did not test the wind and say, hey, Israelites, what do you wanna do? Nehemiah did not test, oh, Wednesday night. I know the message Wednesday night. 
I think we get to chapter 5. Nehemiah, Brother Cooper be preaching. I know the message. I felt like preaching it tonight, just tell him that God laid it on my heart. He told me it already. I tell you what, I'd be here for revival Wednesday night. What a message we have. But I'm, you're, Nehemiah didn't test the Wednesday. What do you, uh, Gideon, what, what, people, what do you want to do? No, he said, uh, God said 300 soldiers. We need to get back to the day where we take a stand for something. I believe there are not 67 genders. I believe there's male and female created he them. I believe that those genders ought to look different from one another. We ought to walk different, we ought to talk different, we ought to dress different. Because when you break down the moral fiber of male and female in society, you'll break the country. I was talking to a person the other day and they were masked and I, 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 I was trying to be polite. I didn't know, yes ma'am, no sir. I didn't know what to say. I mean, I had the hardest time. I still couldn't figure it out. That happened twice this past week. That happened last week in Arizona. When I was in Arizona, I just, I didn't, I didn't know. What are you? Something's wrong. He said, well, that's the way they're bent. That's not Bible, friend. That's blasphemy against God. God created male and female and a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they too shall be one flesh. Number four, it's a suffering station. Go back to chapter 12. The church is a place where you suffer. About that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand and vexed certain of the church. He killed James and brother John with the sword. He saw it pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to take Peter also and he threw him in prison. A prayer was made without ceasing the church of God for him. It's a suffering place. We have so many people in our church that suffer through different issues of life, whether it's their health, their finances, their marriage, their children, the wayward sons and daughters. And God's people suffer. And we don't need to know all we don't need to know all the reasons. I don't need you to tell me everything. I, I don't want to have it all, but I, I like it when you say, here's a card, Pastor. I, I had someone do that this morning for me. I said, just write it on a card. And after church, they wrote it on a card what I'm supposed to pray for this week. I like getting a card. I don't need to know all the, the, the adultery all the fornication and all the drugs and all the this and that. If I could be a help, I want to be a help. But I can pray for you. Pray for a situation in our home. Pray for a decision. Pray for a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You don't have to tell me all the details about it if you don't want to. I don't need to know it. And you don't have to say, Pastor, now don't tell anybody. I never announce anything in this pulpit, but I don't have permission. I didn't announce this thing about Brother Galvon and his wife, I've got some that they said, hold it, next week we might announce it, or the next week, or the next week. We've got so many others. We're thankful for the uh, Raisleys, and they're next on the list, but I, uh, 
Maybe not, Brother Raisley, but uh, it, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I never announced that someone has cancer without their permission. I never announced that there was an accident tonight and there wasn't, and, and they're, they're gone to the hospital. I would never announce that without someone's permission. I want you to know, friend, people suffer in our church. And maybe without knowing all the nitty gritty, maybe you ought to just realize that that lady wasn't singing tonight or that man wasn't singing. Maybe they don't have a voice. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're not feeling well. Maybe they're brokenhearted. Well, let me pour your heart out to me. No, you don't have to. But maybe you ought to just stop by and say, I'm so glad you're in church tonight. Without saying, you want to share with me all your problems? Most of the time, we don't need that. Most of the time, it's just to get information. I'm, out, I'm losing you real fast. Number next, how about chapter 13 and verse number 49? 1349, it's a, it's a sending station. It's a serving station. It's a scripture station. It's a suffering station. It's a soul winning station. And the Bible said the word of the Lord was published throughout the region. I want to thank God for this great church. You are taking the gospel through door to door and delivering Bibles and sewing tracts and door knockers and inviting people to the house of God. That's the mission of the church. And when we stop the mission of the church going throughout our city and the surrounding cities, we stop being a church and we become a club. This is a rescue center for saints and sinners. This is a place where we can help people along the pathway of life. I go quickly tonight. You don't need to turn there, but I find in chapter 14, verse seven, it's a sermon station. In other words, it's a preaching station. God hath chosen the foolishness of preaching. I find in Acts chapter 14, it's a sweet spirit station. It's a fellowship station. You don't have to stay for a hot dog fellowship tonight, but why do we do that? So God's people can fellowship together. Enjoy it. You should watch your kids so they don't hang from the palm trees and run around all over the place like wild banshees. It might be a good idea. I'm talking about your kids that are in 11th and 12th grade. No, I'm talking about younger. Here's where we are. The wheels are are coming off, yes, in America, but in our churches. I don't know as much as these young boys about a lot of things. I don't know anything about computers and using the computer for our uh, uh, outreach, whatever they call it, I, and I thank God they do. But I know something about church work. Church work is being redefined so fast. As from within, Paul says, after my departure shall grievous wolves come among also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things. America has quickly gone to socialism, Marxism, Nazism, communism. It's permeating the school curriculum. Have you read anything about it? American exceptionalism in America, history is out. George Washington is out. And all this other new philosophy has come in. 
and it's based upon man, not upon God. Here's the tragedy, it's evading churches. This poll is from church young people. Church young people that are out of high school. Out of high school, and thank God this is not our church. But I warn you, 66% of all Christian young people in church today say that as they now leave high school, church will have no place in their life. 66%? I want to tell you something, young people, and I don't see any of that here, but you begin to think that you can get along without God or church, what he gave his life for, you're going to have a very sad ending. 94% say that they will abandon traditional church after high school graduation. 94%. And we're seeing it all over our country right now. I'll not be here undoubtedly to witness what you're gonna witness 20 years from now. But I'm gonna tell you something, friend. When 94% of this generation, of the young 18 to 30s, when you decide that you can abandon church, your children are going to have an awful life. You're going to have a difficult life. Because when we throw God out, replace it with man and worldliness and satanic living, you always have a life of destruction. 63% of Christian young people in church today, 63% do not believe that Jesus is God. 65% in churches in America today, Christian young people do not believe that Satan is real. 68% of young people in church do not believe that there is a, such a one called the Holy Spirit. 70% of young people in churches today say there is no moral truth. Adultery, fornication, oh, that's, it's, that's not wrong. The world has captured our young people through electronic devices. You watch what God does this week. Don't even send the cell phones because they get no cell phone there. So how, how would I get a hold of You don't want, need to get a hold of them. You can get a hold of, we'll give you a number to get a hold of the ranch where they're at. But you watch what God does when you take a cell phone out of a kid's hand. I was in the bank the other day I couldn't even make conversation because everybody's worried about talking to one another. But I think there's uh, 10, 11, 12 people in front of me. They all had the phones out. Nobody talks to one another. We live in a day that we don't want to communicate. I mean, you walk down the street and someone's walking past you and, 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 and they have their cell phone out. And I, I said, the, I was walking here to church the other night and I said to a fellow, he passed me. I said, hey, how are you? Good evening. 
he had those ear things in, whatever you call them, thank God for them, whatever those things are. I, I, I guess he didn't hear me. I love it when I go by, hey, how you doing? And he keeps walking, good to see you. I'm glad to see you too. Hope you have a good, yeah, thanks for asking. I just keep talking. They don't ever, ever stunt. They say, you're crazy. I know, but I'm having a good time in life. I'm talking about the fact tonight that the internet is destroying our children. Thank God for Golden State Baptist College. That graduation here at the stadium, those young people going out to serve God, many of them are already in the ministry just for in a few weeks. They're already located at their churches. One dropped by a missionary card already going to missionary candidate school this summer and be on the road getting deputation done to go to Trinidad. I want you to know and thank God for kindergarten graduation. Those precious little kids down here, what a time. I thank God for eighth grade. That eighth grade class will graduate high school in our 50th anniversary four years from now of the church. It's a special class. And then how do you improve on all those seniors that were here on Friday morning as they move, we move the tassel from this side to this side. Wonderful, sweet kids. Ladies and gentlemen, it's working here. We will have, as we do every year, between 50 and 60 young people out of this church alone in Bible college. That's not happening at the rock and roll church. It's happening here. Please don't tweak this thing. Tonight, the purpose of the church What's the church all about? Brother Martinez was making visits up in Fremont this past week, and two weeks ago he sent me a picture. My home church. I pastored my home church for, and had a school there and had a school here at the same time years ago. I pastored a church in Morgan Hill for about a year and a half and this church at the same time. The night I was voted in to be the pastor, I was, of course, the pastor here. They knew I would not stay there. Brother Wally Davis took that church and exploded it. It went forward. The night I was voted in, the building where I was saved was arsoned. And I stood in the rubble over the next few days where this exact spot where I got saved, that building's gone. But the main building where I was, God was called my heart in the 60s to serve him, there it was. Brother Martinez sent me the picture. I remember that property. About 1954, Pastor Smith, my pastor, his mother-in-law and father-in-law in Michigan sold their post office, a United States post office. They owned the property and gave our church the money to buy those acres of land and there's that building that sent out Vera, a missionary, and Jean, a missionary, and Dave, a preacher, and on and on it went. And that church that used was used so mightily for God. They sold it. Millions and millions of dollars. The bulldozers came in, tore that auditorium down a couple of weeks ago. And 38 houses are going in its place. One day when those houses are built, I know exactly where that old auditorium was. 
I'm going to go knock on the door and say, there used to be a church auditorium, and right there was where God was beginning to work on my heart to go to Bible college. Right over here, you're living in the house. In 1956, I got saved right here, which is now your living room. We don't need less churches. 46 churches will close their doors today, permanently. Next Sunday, another 46 churches will close. The following Sunday, 46 churches. Last week, 46 churches. We don't need less churches. We don't need less church. We don't need no more Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. So much the more as you see the day approaching. So Christian, I'm coming to you. Get in this thing. We are getting ready for September. I think the date is 13th. Now I'm preaching from Ephesians chapter number four, verse 11 and 12. We have about four to 500 members that are plugged into ministries right now, maybe more than that, but we've got all the names. I'm looking to add another 300 people in September. We're gonna begin as a staff to fast and pray these months that God would send us labors into his harvest field. I don't wanna just sort of run the buses again. I wanna start more buses. I don't wanna just sort of support missions again. I wanna support more missions. I don't wanna do some radio work. I wanna do more radio work. I don't wanna have some publications. I wanna have more publications. I don't want us to be content here. I want us to get more property and more buildings and reach more with the gospel and get into the jails and get into the public schools and get on Zooms or whatever we have to do to keep this thing going. But we're going to reach this area for Christ. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.